Hey guys, welcome to Out of Context. So excited that you're taking the time to just chat for a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about Asbury University. Should I attend a gay friend's wedding? Um, what does the Bible say about that? We're going to talk about Joshua Bassett and some Bible study tips of what I do and just some encouragement. Um, so thanks so much for tuning in. And without further ado, let's get started. A little lighthearted. Um, and so the first question that someone asked is reading the Bible. Um, I've kind of had the same routine since a young age. Of course, it's changed and adapted in ways. Um, but one of the things I would encourage you is if you're starting out, one, read the Gospels. Pick Matthew, Mark, or Luke, or John. I'm in Matthew right now. And really learn what the gospel is um, and read about Christ's life um, and his crucifixion and his resurrection. I think that is very, very, very important because that's, that's the whole center of the Christian faith is the gospel. I mean, that is how we're saved and we're redeemed. Um, one of the things that I like to do in the morning is I'll read a proverb. There's a proverb for every day. And so proverb is the book. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Um, so I would highly encourage you to start your morning off with reading a proverb. Um, one thing I do want to encourage you is like, don't read the Bible just to check off a box. If you feel like you're doing that. And sometimes I have done that too. Um, I'll kind of, I'll read a proverb in the morning and then I'll like wait to really have like my, my Bible study. And what I mean by that is like pick a book and really go through it. Um, Susanna Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon's wife. One of the things she did was she would read the whole book through and just like read it like a novel, right? And then go back and take her time and really study it verse by verse. I don't like when people say that they, well, again, it's just my opinion, but I'm not too fond of when people encourage young people to read a chapter a day. I think you should read as much as you want or as little. And what I mean by that is sometimes when I'm studying the scriptures, like today I read 10 verses and it took me like an hour to really study that. And I don't want to say it took me, it was a sweet time with the Lord and I learned a lot. Um, but those verses were really dense and I'm slow. And so like, I just, I, I need some time to really digest that. And so sometimes you can get through a chapter. Sometimes maybe there'll be a lot of genealogy, um, which is important, but personally it's hard for me to get through the genealogy. Anyways, um, sometimes you will only get through 10 verses and that's okay. And so don't feel like you have to meet a quota or check off a box, really spend time understanding God's word and hiding it in your heart. Um, because when you go through things, what you will what will carry you is scripture that comes back to remembrance. Um, so highly encourage you to do that. If you have a study Bible, that's a great resource. I have the Ray Comfort Study Bible. John MacArthur has one. Um, and Blue Letter Bible is a great resource. They have a lexicon. It's so like you can look at the Hebrew and the Greek. They have uh, cross-references. They have commentaries, all kinds of stuff. So highly encourage you to check out Blue Letter Bible. I've been using it since I was a teen, um, preteen, teen, teen, probably. Um, and it's just been a great resource. So, you know, there's really cool when you see that a phrase was used in another book and you see the context and your mind is just blown. So it's cool. Um, I highly recommend, but I don't want to overwhelm you. Read a proverb, start going through the gospels and just reading it. Um, you don't have to, you can just get to know who Jesus is and hide his word in your heart. Don't overthink it. I hope that was encouraging. 
Um, you could also listen to sermons. Um, Paul Washer is a great resource. Um, I really enjoy listening to Paul Washer. I really enjoy listening to my home church in California, Mission Bible Church. Um, and so I really think that you, know, you can really benefit from listening to awesome sermons and awesome teaching. Of course, that shouldn't re- replace your time in the Word. But it's cool to go through, um, say, if you're going through First John, Mission Bible went through First John. So you can go and listen to and make sure that you're, um, you're on the right track and comprehending the right things. So that is my advice on reading your Bible. Okay, so this one is a little bit more dense. Um, I'm going to answer two questions in one because they kind of go along the same lines. Someone asked, um, does God or the Bible say that it's bad to be gay? Um, and then someone follow-up question asked um, if they should go to their lesbian friend's wedding. And um, my, I just want to say disclaimer, my stance on this topic has changed over time. Not not that we do know that homosexuality is a sin. And pornea, the word in Greek, is all sexual sin. Um, that, you know, whether it is your sleep being with someone outside of marriage, like all sexual sin is a sin. Um, so yes. But what I have had a hard time with is the wedding question. Um, and so um, I do want to give you some verses about sexual sin, any kind of sexual sin, um, and homosexuality being a sin. You can find it in Genesis 19, one through 13. You find it in Leviticus 18, 22 and 2013. You can find it in Romans 1, 26 through 27, first Corinthians 6, 9 and first Timothy 1, 10. Um, yeah. So if you want some references, you can definitely go ahead and read those. It is a hard topic. Um, but yes, all sexual sin is a sin. Uh, I do want to say though, that like one of the reasons why I haven't like talked, I guess, about too much on it on Instagram, like I'll answer if people ask, but like one of the reasons it's not like something I'm beating over the head, I guess, on Instagram is because I am in, I'm, you guys know I'm in the, the political space. Um, and so oftentimes I see in the conservative spaces them going and calling out this issue, which they should. There's a lot of uh, evilness, especially towards children right now. But we don't call out the sin that I, like other sexual sexual immorality, people having affairs and a lot of stuff that happens at conservative events. And so I think that that's really important that that is called out as well. Um, there's a verse that says, for what what have I for what have I to do with judging outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church, but those who are outside God judges? Remove the wicked man from among yourselves. And I think that that is a really important verse um, because there's going to be people who are not claiming to know Christ and they're living in sin. And th- th- of course, they're an enemy of God. What do, you, what do we expect from them? Share the gospel with them. Pray for them. But don't expect them to act like a Christian because they're an enemy of God right now. They're not following Christ. Um, but someone is claiming to follow Christ and is living that lifestyle or is having sex outside of marriage or is addicted to pornography or any type of lustful thoughts, any kind of sexual sin, um, that should be called out and we should lovingly, um, be able to speak truth into our brother and sister's lives. And I think that that is way more important, um, talking to our fellow believers rather than someone who like doesn't even understand the gospel yet. You know, like the Bible says, be holy for I'm holy. And as believers, we should be pursuing holiness and repentance for our sin and not be living in habitual sin as first John talks about. Um, and we should be focused on sharing the gospel with those who um, are not following Christ. 
Um, and so to answer the uh, should a Christian attend, you know, a lesbian couple's wedding, um, first of all, that's awesome that your friend invited you because um, we do want to love and we do want people, we, we should never, we have plenty of friends who are not Christians, right? And we don't, for some reason, I feel like the church tends to treat people who struggle with like different sins differently when it's all sin. Um, and I don't really, I've never understood that. Maybe that's just because I'm a Zoomer and I've grown up in a different generation. But the same way that you treat your friend who isn't walking with Christ, who doesn't attend church on Sundays is the same way you should treat your friend who's gay. Like they both don't have Christ. Um, with that being said, you're marriage is a covenant between a man and a woman and it is a representation of Christ in the church. And so the issue, um, with the wedding is you're going and celebrating it, right? Like you're rejoicing you are in support. Like a wedding is to celebrate. I don't know how you can attend a wedding and like not celebrate. Um, and with that being said, and I know the argument comes up of like, well, what if, what if I go to another friend's wedding who is doing other sins, but like they're heterosexual and they're getting married? Well, like that that marriage is still between man and woman, and it's still um, a valid mar- marriage, and that is seen in First Corinthians seven fourteen, um, and so that is still a representation of of it's still an accurate reflection of Christ and the church. Um, However, uh, for example, Hebrews 13, 4, um, it says, let marriage be held in honor among all. Um, and so we know that marriage should be honored amongst everyone, right? And so we can't, I think it would be pretty impossible to go to a wedding where you're saying, I'm here for you, but I'm not like supporting what you're doing. Like a marriage is between a man and a woman. And if we go, then that is endorsing um that whereas again first corinthians uh, 7 14 says that we should um that it's still valid marriage um that a heterosexual marriage is still valid marriage even if one person is not saved however other types dishonor the lord um and that is also in romans 1 26 through 27 i think i mentioned that but just in case i did it so um so, yeah, I, I think that that is, again, there's a gray area, but um, for me personally, I wouldn't be able to. And honestly, I probably wouldn't be able to go to a friend's wedding if they're marrying an unbeliever either. So um, I don't know, maybe my views will change, but that's kind of where I stand on it right now. It's a hard situation, and I'm sorry you're in that situation because that's really hard. Okay, so the next question is um, about friendships and how to basically how I'm going to read their question, um, how to handle drama and friendships as a Christian. Forgiveness is hard. Um, yeah, it is. I've been probably hurt more by people in the church than I have like people not who are not saved. So I totally resonate with that. Um, and from that, I will read you. Um, what the Bible says we should do about that. So it says, um, 
so this is the order of if someone offends you who is a Christian, this is the order of how you should go about it. So Matthew 18, 15 says, if your brother or sister sins, go out and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of the two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell the church. And if they refuse to listen to even the church, treat them as if you would a pagan or a tax collector. And of course, that's uh, like also regarding church discipline which i won't get into um but that's like the general outline of like if someone offends you you go to them um and you know if you you don't win them over then um you can go to a pastor and get their insight on it um one of the things is like love covers a multitude of sin and Obviously, I want to apply that in the correct context, but we should model Christ in his love and forgiveness. And sometimes people won't apologize to us, um, but we need to forgive them anyways. And um, because Christ forgave us and if Christ can forgive us of all of our sin, we can forgive our friend, even though it's so, so hard. And we expect more because they are a believer. Um, But again, um, Christ forgave us so much. And, um, there's actually a verse in parable that talks about that, that our debt was so big and Christ forgave us in, in this parable. Um, this man, so in the parable, the servant, he, um, he has a debt and his master says, basically, don't worry about it. And then the servant has someone else's has another person of the debt to the servant and the servant like says, no, you still owe me. And so because of that, the master finds out and the servant is like punished. Um, and that is a, a replica of, of us. Christ has forgiven us so much that why shouldn't we forgive those who have, who, who we, who they have offended us when Christ has forgiven us so much more. Um, and so my encouragement is to forgive, even if they haven't, um, apologized to try to speak with them. If you don't win them over, um, you know, you can love them from a distance and that's okay. As long as you're forgiving them and loving them, um, and genuinely loving them, not just like being fake nice. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's okay. It's, you don't have to be super close with everyone. And sometimes that does mean we lose friendships, but we do try to win them over and we do, um, try to speak with them. And if that doesn't work out, then we pray for them. We forgive them and we seek counsel sometimes or most of the time, all the time. Um, but if you can, you know, go to a pastor, if you can't, then forgive them and, um, keep going forward. If they're not a Christian, pray for their salvation. Okay, the last point, um, I was going to touch on like Joshua Bassett and everything that was going on. Um, My general thoughts are I'm so excited that he's saved. I hope he gets planted into a solid church. It breaks my heart to see how many people who um, are not Christian are just hating on him on TikTok. But I mean, they're enemies of God. If the world, if you if the world hates you, know that they hated me first. That's what God says. And so um, it's bound to happen. No matter how you package the gospel, people will still hate you. Um, so I do hope that he finds a biblically sound church. And I hope that, um, you know, I know he was baptized through Bethel. And um, I'm thankful that that um, he heard the gospel there. But I know that Bethel is not a biblically sound church. So I do hope that he finds a biblically sound church. I know Grace Community is like in the area. So um, but yeah, um, and I think everyone should be praying for him because especially having a large platform, um, that's probably very, very difficult to see all the mean comments and everything he's going through. 
Um, the last thing is the Asbury revival. Um, before I even open my mouth, I want to recommend you to go read Sam Say's article, um, Slow to Write. He's so wise. He's one of the first people I ever heard. And I'm just very thankful for how the Lord has used him in my life and used him in thousands of others of people's lives. Um, so I highly encourage you to go read his article. Um, disclaimer, I grew up in a more um, charismatic leaning church. Uh, so my view on the situation is going to be slightly different because of what I've seen and the unbiblical practices that I have seen. And granted, I, I want to be very careful with what I say. I didn't come from a Bethel. I didn't come from a Hillsong. Um, I didn't come from like a hyper charismatic. I, I came from, I guess, a mixed uh, theological church with mixed theological views. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, I got saved there. So I'm very thankful that for, you know, for, um, for the person who was faithfully preaching the gospel. And I'm thankful that the Lord did teach me things there. Um, but I, I no longer agree with a lot of the things and that's okay. And, um, and so one of the verses that I want to read is first John four, one, it says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God for many false prophets have gone out into the world. But by this, you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is from God. This is the spirit of the antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is now in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us, but this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of air. Um, and needless, do I even need to say more? Like that verse just speaks truth into so many areas of our society today. Um, and those who claim to follow Christ, um, I am wary of like a lot of people I've seen on TikTok say that them and their friends are driving super far to go to Asbury. And like to that, I just want to say why? Like, cool. I get the excitement, but like Christ is with you right now. Like, why don't you and your friends just go down the street and go share the gospel with someone who doesn't know Christ instead of driving 18 hours to, um, maybe just have an emotional experience. I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't doubt that God is convicting hearts and that God is doing something special there at Asbury, but he is present in your life. He's present wherever you are. You don't have to go drive over there. Like let God do a new thing in your own heart where you are um, and with the friends that you're with and the church you're at. Revival is in the heart. And I, I really like um, what Sam pointed out in his article. I believe it's the president of the university. You can go read Sam's article. But he said, you know, we won't know if this is a revival until a few months later, seeing the fruit of that. Because true revival, true um, repentance will produce fruit. And, um, and, you know, just when I've seen some of the clips of like people who are just kind of like, emotionless waiting outside and then all of a sudden they get really emotional walking in and then I I'm wary of like a lot of these like hyper charismatic people who like believe in slain in the spirit and all that who are going and I'm just kind of wary I'm excited for what the Lord is going to do and what the Lord has done but I am wary of like bad faith actors and so you know it does remind me of kind of like a youth camp of like you know, I grew up going to these very emotional things called afterglows where people said that, you know, they experienced God or they would be accepting God going up every single day, like every, every weekend. And it's like, no, you have assurance of your salvation. If you're truly saved, you'll produce fruit. Like, um, 
the, an emotional experience singing emotional songs like this is coming from someone who led thousands of people into worship in los angeles for like almost 10 years like almost a decade so like i i love worshiping with the saints but i also want people to be driven by the gospel and not by emotion and so i'm excited for the hearts that are truly changed. I'm excited for what the Lord is doing there. I don't doubt that the Lord is doing something special there. And I want to make sure I'm not being a killjoy, but my heart breaks for how many people think that they are saved and they're not, or how many people are just experiencing this emotional experience and they're not even hearing the gospel. I know far too many people who grew up in church and even led, um, and cannot tell you what the gospel is. Um, so I, I do pray that, that God uses, um, what's going on in Osbury to glorify him and that people are saved. And I do pray that people, um, go and, and mentor people, um, and disciple them and they all find biblically sound churches. Um, but I, I, I am, I rejoice with, I don't want to say skepticism, but, um, I rejoice hesitantly only because of what I've seen in my life. Um, but I am excited to see what fruit does come out of it. Okay. So those are all the questions for today. I hope this was encouraging. I'm excited for next week. I promise I will be consistent. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And, um, yeah, I hope you guys have a great week.